Hi, this is Dr. Randy Bach. Today is July 27, 2022, and I'm here with the Coronavirus Conversation. Uh, this is a weekly video cast we do on coronavirus. Um, even though coronavirus is so, somewhat gone, uh, CNN just the other day, I think July 14th, said this is the worst variant ever. Uh, CNN might be the worst variant ever. Uh, people who buy into this might be the worst variant ever. I hate to use epithets, but uh, worst variant in what regard? Uh, Omicron is frankly the best variant ever. It's transmissible. Uh, it gives people immunity. It has nothing to do with the vaccine. So people are just getting it and they can move on with their lives. There's very little in the way of, of um, morbidity uh, and so forth that happens with it. Um, it's, it's a weird thing. You have to wonder uh, who who pays the writers and you know what they're getting out of this. Uh, it's, it's, it's so strange. I'm going to try to... Um, you know, go over the world of coronavirus and our world in general uh, as briefly as I can, maybe in the next uh, 25, 30 minutes. So stick around. I'm going to get right to the slides. Um, let's see, I have some slides prepared for you. And uh, let's see if I can get them up here uh, in due course. Um, so uh, our our uh, president, uh, Joe Biden, um, he, uh, he came down with COVID. Uh, I think he's had it before. Uh, he's been vaccinated. Uh, he wears a mask all the time and uh, he got it. And you figure if this is a really uh, worst variant ever, here's somebody who's in, uh, you know, I say not the best of health, at least mentally. Uh, physically, he seems to be deteriorating quite a bit. Uh, go check out a video from uh, when he was vice uh, running, uh, you know, in, in 2008, for instance. Um, uh, in the debate against Paul, well, 2012 debate against Paul Ryan, uh, he seems like a really uh, viable, voluble, um, argumentative kind of guy. Um, he's still argumentative, but, but he, so someone has lost his uh, faculties, um, like some of our um, more, uh, you know, I guess when a, a college lays people off, he's lost his faculties as well. Anyway, um, but nonetheless, this is such a big, bad variant strain that it has been unable to uh, knock down the president. Uh, despite perhaps you know a certain amount of uh, palace intrigue, uh, wanting him to you know do the 25th Amendment route and let his uh, possible heir apparent or heiress apparent uh, Kamala uh, Kamala Harris uh, take over, uh, no, he's improving. So um, these are the headlines. Uh, he's feeling great. He's getting back to work, and I, I assume this mask photo is from some other time. Uh, the masks didn't seem to have done him very much good. He stayed in his basement for the 2020 election. Uh, he comes out. He, I think, he has a two-day work week. Um, uh, you know, he's, he, I'm sure he doesn't have that many interactions and very few personal dates, and yet he got COVID somehow anyway. So the thing is communicable, and the masks seem to be somewhat irrelevant. This guy's wearing a mask all the time, and people are screened before they go near him. Uh, he got it anyway. Uh, so what's up with that? Um, nonetheless, uh, he recommends that uh, that you get vaccinated. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, um, it's just kind of a, a funny thing. Um, and uh, what else do we have on this? Well, let's see. Um, that that's kind of it for him, I guess. Uh, but he 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 somewhat factors into this next story. Um, we, we've seen uh, COVID play out in a you know really silly scale uh, for sports. Uh, we remember the Kyrie Irving controversy uh, with the basketball uh, sort of somewhat wrecked their super team. Uh, James Harden left, and Kevin Durant wants to leave now, and uh, their season was in shambles. They didn't get good placement. Um, and Kyrie, I admire him. He stood up front principle. There's no reason for him to be vac vaccinated. He has natural immunity against COVID. These rules are absurd. Um, 
he knows his body. And if he doesn't want to take the risk of getting myocarditis, uh, there's no reason for him to because he has better immunity from natural immunity and he's not getting sick again. Uh, the, the Blue Jays, uh, you know, by virtue of playing in America's hat, uh, AKA Canada, sorry, Canada, um, uh, they won't let non-vaccinated um, uh, players come in. Um, they could easily make a dispensation because these are not immigrants. Uh, these are, you know, traveling baseball players. They're all in perfect health, obviously. Uh, they are uh, supreme athletes. They take care of themselves. They're not um, ill and they're not going to get anybody else sick. They don't uh, consort with uh, the locals. And mind you, Omicron is, as above is not that bad a version to get uh, CF, you know, the president. I mean, he's got it and he's, you know, seems to be fine. He's 80, you know, nearing 80 years old. Um, so some a Canadian, you know, it's Canadian because they spell the word favor, uh, O-U-R in the British way, uh, vaccination rules not tipping the scales in Blue, fa Blue Jays' favor. Um, well, of course it is because all the Americans, if, if the Blue Jays somehow make it, and they have a good team, if they make it to the World Series, um, you know, if they play the Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt, who is the putative uh, for prospective MVP of the National League, is not going to be able to play. He is standing on principle. He knows his body as well. Same with Kyrie. Um, and he doesn't, you know, he's, doesn't see any reason. He doesn't have any reason to get the vaccination. And clearly the vaccination has not even protected our president, who's I'm sure triply or quadruply vaccinated and quarantined all the time. He got it anyway. So it's, it seems somewhat of an irrelevancy at this point. It's an outdated, antiquated um, vaccine that's no longer appropriate um, and was never appropriate for healthy age groups anyway. Um, I mean, you can take it, nothing wrong with it, but but it's, it shouldn't have been mandatory. Let me, let me phrase it that way. Cer certainly, uh, there's very little reason for children ever to have gotten it, aside from uh, kind of getting along socially uh, and or, you know, dealing with rules and whatnot, uh, but they don't really get sick. So yeah, the chicken pox party concept uh, has always been around there. Um, if you didn't have a vaccine, and if the illness doesn't get you that sick, you have the chicken pox party, you get the, the illness naturally, and you get it over with. Same with uh, German measles at the time. Um, so th this um, gets to uh, the second point. Uh, we are conversely, you know, we don't want to necessarily set ourselves any better than the Canadian government. We're not allowing uh, Novak Djokovic, the, uh, you know, coincidentally named Novak, as in Novak's uh, Djokovic, um, uh, Australia, I think, let him in. Then they didn't let him in uh, for the Australian Open. The U.S. Open's coming up. Uh, we are apparently denying entry uh, to unvaccinated non-citizens. Um, and the USTA, they shouldn't necessarily take the hit because they're following United States policy in this regard. Um, read the policy, and there are, are exceptions for unvaccinated non-citizens. Um, uh, a pro tennis player would not seem to fit those categories. But uh, on the other hand, they could. They could make a dispensation for Djokovic to come in and play his games and leave. Um, he just won Wimbledon, I believe. So he's, you know, top of top of the world, one of the great tennis players. And it's a disservice to the people who are paying uh, the U.S. Open not to see him play. They're going to be far enough away. They're not going to worry about it. And again, it's an irrelevancy because uh, Omicron at this stage of the game is not uh, much of an illness. Um, we're going to get to that in a minute. But I'm, this is a federal registry. This is the actual, the federal Federal Register. I think this is from the uh, executive branch. Um, and they have, uh, you know, reasons that we're not going to let the entry of unvaccinated non-citizen immigrants, except in limited circumstances. Well, all well and good, but get, can we, anybody here think of an, uh, a kind of an unlimited circumstance in which we are letting in unvaccinated non-citizen um, uh, I guess immigrants, I, I don't know if they're non-immigrants or not, but we have open border. 
You know, we have uh, people flowing in by the millions across our southern border. None of them are being COVID tested or vaccine, um, you know, affid given affidavits or tested in any way. Uh, we're, you know, it's, it's, it's a cra craziness that we're letting people come here to live and stay. And if that's a policy, well, all well and good, then we should certainly let a top, you know, healthy tennis player come in. Um, and and, and it, it just makes no sense. So th this, this is all written in black and white, but it doesn't make any sense uh, in the general context of having you know, ostensibly an open border. Um, uh, this is, uh, um, uh, I think from the, uh, financial times, oh, this is actually quoting me. Um, uh, I was writing a, a note to, uh, somebody, uh, regarding one of my, uh, organizations. Uh, some of this gentleman wants everyone to put a mask back on. Uh, he is a, a voice of authority. He's got an MD, I believe an MPH and he works, um, within the uh, health public health apparatus, and he wants everyone to remask July 2022 uh, in closed um, uh, uh, indoors. And, and this is uh, craziness. Um, I, I quoted the uh, Dan Mask study from 2019, excuse me, from 2020, um, fall of 2020 in Denmark, and their results, uh, they did the, possibly the only large scale uh, mask study, and you can barely find it on Google, by the way, if you search the terms, uh, everyone calls it misinformation and you can't, it won't come up on the um, Google uh, search unless, of course, it's being refuted. And, but in, 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 you know, in general course of things, they didn't really see uh, that masking did that much in changing uh, communication uh, of the virus. That uh, certainly makes sense because the virus is tiny, it's floating around the air, and you're gonna be breathing one way or another, and a lot of times from the sides of the masks Regardless, um, if you ever see that, uh, you know, somebody smoking a cigarette, putting a mask on, all the air uh, is coming, filtering on one way or another. And even as it goes through it, it's not going to catch every virion or aerosol par particle. Um, this is an older slide uh, from January, excuse me, from March of 2022. And um, the communication of, of Omicron went down when the mask mandates were removed. Uh, I think it's just, I don't think it's cause and effect. I just think it's an irrelevancy. I think masks do very little. Um, as far as viruses, respiratory viruses are concerned. Um, COVID is, uh, this is from the Financial Times, January 2022, and they're quoting certain other studies. Um, basically, uh, the, that what you should be concerned about, uh, the, the, the case fatality rate, um, is, you know, now around influenza, seasonal flu. Um, and I think that's with uh, vaccines for flu. So it's not even against severe Un, you know, naive, unvaccinated influenza. Um, and so, mind you, they use some of the wrong terminology. They use boosters here uh, when these really aren't boosters. Uh, they are old uh, vaccines uh, for, you know, COVID-19 when it's COVID-22 right now. So this is a mis, you know, mislabel or misnomer. Um, and of course, they didn't really do anything. The boosters didn't change the case fatality rate. It really, they don't do anything. Um, so this is orders of magnitude, or is an order of magnitude from one uh, percent to 0.1 percent. So that's that's you know going from 20 times the influenza down to two times down to probably uh, half again as much. So it's probably a 20-fold uh, drop uh, of of um, of danger uh, from the variant strains, and 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 the current Omicron is probably even lower still. Um, when we were first, sorry about that, when we were first exposed to COVID, it was almost 20 times lethal as the flu. And of course, now it's not, as I said above. Um, 
this is England. I like using, looking at English data. I think our data, unfortunately, is somewhat polluted uh, by the fact that we are over uh, diagnosing COVID in our hospitals. Uh, we test everybody and we are getting a lot of uh, data of people dying from, I don't know, kidney cancer or whatever. And we're labeling this COVID uh, because we test everybody all the time. And then we wind up having special monies, uh, um, you know, earmarked for hospitals and or, uh, you know, for giving patients deductibles. So they're in it together in a sense, hospitals and patients in overdiagnosing COVID and attaching that diagnosis and getting financial benefits. So, so the English data and their, their population cohort is not vastly different from ours. Um, ethnically or by age and so forth. So uh, I prefer looking at uh, a lot of the English uh, data. And here um, it states uh, that um, more than, whoops, sorry. <laughs> Let's see if I can get back here. Um, more than two-fifths of COVID-19 patients in England's hospitals are being treated primarily for something else, having incidentally tested positive for ad upon admission. So this is the same thing that, that goes on uh, in the United States, except we have it worse. I, I think that's shaded our numbers upwards uh, when overall there's not really been that much change in overall mortality. Uh, aside from, you know, kind of the spring of 2020, we haven't had a, a gross increase in, in mortality. People do die. hate to tell you about uh, 10,000, you know, eight to 10,000 people who die in the United States every year. And uh, I think only about 9% of them are respiratory related, um, pneumonia, uh, influenza, COVID, and that number is not necessarily changing as a percentage of that very much. And the overall number is not really changing. Um, so uh, this is um, a, a quote from uh, the um, public health uh, letter that I got um, from a friend. And uh, it's some, somewhat an admission against interest, uh, pointing out that uh, the White House is going to, you know, talk about a second generation vaccine. Well, so doesn't what does that say about the current generation uh, vaccine? It says what I've been saying all along, which is it's outdated. Uh, finally, people are admitting that it uh, here are the two points here uh, that it doesn't adequately uh, cover the broad array of variants around. And it doesn't prevent viral infection or transmission. Well, uh, I'm sorry. How do I put this? Uh, duh. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what we've been saying all along. This should serve as a clear indication that limiting spread irrespective of individual level of risk remains a priority. Well, I'm not, I don't necessarily come to that conclusion because again, the virion, the virus is not that bad. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, I'll come to this in a second. I think that uh, maybe my slides are a little bit out of order here, um, but basically, you know, transmissibility is, is almost the opposite of, of danger. Uh, if something's very transmissible as a, a respiratory virus, it's not necessarily killing a lot of people because if it did, you wouldn't be able to transmit it. You know, if you if you get a, a huge bad flu, you're going to be knocked up and laid up in, in, in bed. You're not going to be getting around, passing it around. You're going to be uh, like Joe Biden in his basement. If you have something that's pretty mild, you can continue on your, your job, you go to work and you give it to a lot of people. So transmissibility and danger are almost inversely proportional. Um, I, I'm probably going to, I'm going to follow the slides here and, and, and go in a slightly different direction. Uh, there's an article here, uh, does ivermectin have a place in treating uh, mild COVID-19? Uh, this is from May 2022 uh, out of Israel, and they have really good data analysis and, and uh, for better or worse, they, you know, kind of track people heavily. I don't agree with everything Israel's done during the pandemic, but they do have that. Um, uh, and again, apologize for the out of order here, but um, the, the, the worst 
this is the CNN I was mentioning. The, the worst variant is here. This is July uh, 14. Uh, coronavirus fact versus fiction. Fact versus fiction. I'm going to say it like CNN. Um, <laughs> this is embarrassing. I mean, I, I would be hugely embarrassed uh, today to be Eliza McIntosh and have this attributed to my name. And I'd be hugely embarrassed for CNN to have this out of the worst variant. Worst in what regard? Uh, I, I have no idea. Uh, we're going to go look at some of the data. Uh, this, of course, filters through to other uh, news sources. So CNN, uh, they, they don't necessarily have to uh, stand alone in, in infamy or ignominy. Uh, Los Angeles Times, super contagious and able to reinfect. California faces big coronavirus risk from BA1, excuse me, BA, BA.4, BA. For the third straight year, the arrival of summer has brought fresh uncertainties about the COVID-19 outlook in California. Again, this is a, a mistake. Um, it's not COVID-19. It's COVID-22. So the words I would get rid of are booster and COVID-19. Uh, you can keep COVID-19, but have it refer to COVID-19 in year 2020. Uh, COVID-21, COVID-20, you know, COVID-22, they're all different things. And uh, we are, have you know, made this huge mistake of having them grouped in as if COVID-19 is a booster. And we have you know, treated getting sick with COVID-19. Biden, um, I saw the headlines, the Chiron the other day said sick with COVID-19. No, he's sick with COVID-22. Um, this is something I wrote. Um, uh, you can maybe pause this and, and look at some of the um, you know, numbers here. Uh, these are some points I wrote in the letter of communication. Uh, masks themselves have very minimal effect. Um, they've never been shown or proven conclusively in limiting the spread of the illness. Um, children should have chickenpox parties, should have had, um, like you know, with COVID. Um, you know, the things we've done uh, the reactions to the, the, the virus are far worse than the virus. Um, we've kept people out of school. We've ruined the economy. Um, you know, our elites have done kind of just hunky-dory uh, working at home in the meanwhile. And this might explain some of their, you know, what I call lack of cross-demographic cross empathy, which means they don't really understand all the damage they've done to the poor people. They think they're helping the world. Uh, they're not. Um, and and they're somewhat insulated because their jobs have, have gotten better, frankly. I mean, most everybody I know and I hang out with, you know, the elites, essentially, you know, doctors and lawyers and uh, professors and uh, business guys and whatnot, they're, they're able to, you know, work, I don't know, through the pandemic at home. Uh, even now, um, most everybody, you know, a lot of people I know are, are only on a part-time going to work schedule. So their lives have gotten better um, as far as commuting. I don't think they have the collegiality and conviviality they used to. Um, anyway, so I'm sorry about that. Um, and 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 so the other points for all but the elderly and severely uh, comorbid um, um, coronavirus is you know is presents a, a threat similar to influenza as I've said um, natural immunity is more powerful than vaccine immunity um, and and so forth so you know th th this is uh, let's see hmm. right there we go I'm sorry about that so my slides are acting up on me I apologize that might be the end of my slideshow. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, so that's the end of the slideshow. Let me just see if I can um, kind of go on and move on uh, to some other items that um, um, uh, might be of interest to us, to you. Um, uh, my computer is acting a little bit slow. All right, well, I don't want to uh, bore you with this. Um, I'm 
kind of already went through the slides. Uh, what else do I have to add from this? Um, you know, the, the, you know, basically, uh, I, I would like to use that men in black tool and zap everybody um, and get to the point where people don't test for COVID uh, because it's kind of a meaningless thing. It's like testing for the common cold at this point, uh, maybe, you know, mild flu, um, I, you know, people's lives should go on. We had people, I had my birthday recently, we had a party and um, uh, at least a couple of guests didn't show up because uh, they didn't want to be exposed to COVID. Um, silly. Um, it's not doing that much. And some of them are treating for elderly and whatnot. But as we've seen with, uh, you know, our president, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to knock them over. Um, I No doubt he had some benefit from therapeutics. And I guess that was one last point I wanted to get to. Um, let's see if I can. Uh, wow, the computer is acting really slow. Um, let me see if I can just add this to the stream and I'll try to get to it. Um, All right, well, we'll do what we can. Um, I guess the therapeutic point I wanted to get to is is this. Um, so uh, Deborah Burks, whom I call Scarf Ace, uh, she always wore a scarf. Uh, now they're talking about therapeutics. Let's talk about therapeutics for a minute. Uh, Paxlovid, this is, I believe, from Pfizer. Uh, it's really interesting, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, are we becoming Paxlovid uh, over-reliant? Well, first of all, uh, Dr. Burks has a book out, and, and, and in a sense, it's almost prosecutable um, because she admits that they uh, lied to the American public from the beginning about the efficacy of vaccines from the White House, and they didn't ever think it was going to stop transmissibility or slow things down very much, um, but they, they said it anyway. You can read her book, and I'm sure I can find the quote and so forth, but now she's on board with therapeutics. Now, they spent a lot of time um, you know, downplaying the, the possibility of, of of therapeutics working in 2020. This is the you know pre-vaccine era. Um, studies now are showing um, that there is a place uh, for uh, the dread you know what is it called horse dewormer um, ivermectin. It was insulted in that way. Um, I'm not going to go over this uh, in detail because it's kind of obtuse. But um, th they basically showed uh, in this study here uh, out of Israel they they you know ivermectin has been used in a lot of countries around the world. And uh, with very little downside and some possible benefit, it's hard, you know, things weren't done in a planned way, the way, you know, studies are organized. So it was very haphazard. Uh, but overall, when they looked at this meta-analysis, they found that a re there was a, a reduction in hospitalization risk. Uh, it's somewhat on a par with, um, it's somewhat on a par with um, the Paxlovid. And I could probably show that separately, um, but where is it? Um, yeah, here we go. Pa well, Paxlovid compared with ivermectin. This guy here, Josh Bloom, th thinks it's from December 2021. He thinks that Paxlovid is an, is superior, and and ivermectin is is, is junk. But the actual data um, don't show that much difference between ivermectin and um, how do we say it? The uh, the other one here. Um, well, there was there's near uh, Nerma and there's another one that starts with an M. Uh, I can't remember all these names. I apologize. Um, that are similar to Paxlovid. Um, and there you have it. So, you know, ivermectin is inexpensive. Um, it's off patent. It doesn't uh, benefit. Oh, here it is. Here's the, the um, I'll, I'll expand this a little bit. Um, mal, malnup, malnupiravir, malnupiravir 
how do we do it? Molnupiravir. Um, it's a new word to learn. So th th this is resembles, it's similar to Paxlovid. I think Molnupiravir is off market currently and Paxlovid is the new one replacing, but these, these act similarly. And uh, ivermectin had uh, the hospitalization diminishment um, uh, of similar level in these non um, uh, randomized non-controlled studies. These are meta-analyses. So they have some, um, um, you know, defects in their study analysis, but, um, you know, there's no reason in the absence, certainly in the absence of any um, other way of, of dealing with the, the virus uh, in 2020 to have used, uh, there's no reason not to have used ivermectin then. And um, places that did uh, don't seem to have had any uh, deleterious effects. It was used all throughout the third world and uh, there were no great gross problems. Frankly, I was going to show you a slide from Tanzania. Um, you know, they've had almost zero COVID related deaths. Um, you know, are they not testing? Are the people not getting sick? Are they more outdoors? Uh, are they younger? It's hard to say, but you know, a good swath of the world uh, is, you know, coronavirus is not a problem, not an issue, not, you know, people aren't masking up and they're not uh, caring about this in great uh, uh, way because they've got other problems. Their, their problems are subsistence, uh, getting food, um, getting by um, and getting on. So I'm going to do the same. I'm going to wish you well and call it a day for today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm sorry for some of the uh, uh, poor production quality and some of the slides perhaps not having been ordered adequately. Uh, but if you have any questions or comments, please let me know and I'll try to address them as soon as I can. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Tune in. Oh, and here's my plug for my book. Um, I have a um, the book out, Overturning Zika. Uh, it's about the last pandemic. Um, you can get it on Amazon. Um, I have a Portuguese uh, version coming out. I'm going to try to do a push in Brazil where they maybe care about this a little bit more. And I actually have a comic book coming out as well. If you'd like to see that uh, or get on the list as uh, early uh, publication, I'd love to get some of your thoughts and reviews. And if you um, get, you know, buy the book on Amazon, please leave a review and even better if it's positive. So thank you. Have a